ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. Tonight we're recording something very special and we're here with a group of guys. I'm going to start off by introducing our regular hosts with Matt and Brad. I hope you guys are doing well tonight. I'm doing, doing good. Well. Doing good, Chad. All right, that's great to hear. We also want to say thank you all for listening in, whether it be morning, noon, or night. We're glad you're here with us. We hope you're having a good day, too. And if we're not, well, maybe we can help cheer you up a little bit. We're going to talk hey. some wrestling tonight. Yes, Matt. Hey, Shad, I want to interrupt. Uh, I wanted to play this. Uh, let, me, let me boot it up for you. All righty. I hope everyone had a great St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, I was at, my God. I was at the bars yesterday, and uh, they didn't play this for some reason, but there was a lot of uh, Irish dancing and that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I, um, I, I, weird aside, I came within an ace of doing a Scottish kilt-wearing gimmick at one point, and that was going to be my music. And then I found out the Patriots used it for everything, so I'm kind of glad it didn't work that way. But... Um, <laughs> But, yes, we hope you had a good St. Patrick's Day, drive sober or get pulled over, all that good stuff. So, we would love to hear from you guys. We're in um, sign-pointing season, WrestleMania sign-pointing season. That's like rabbit season and duck season, but with more pointing. And <laughs> so, we'd love to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts? What are we looking at? What's coming down the pike? And you can touch base with us. We've got about three primary methods, and I think Brad knows what the first one is. Uh, yes, on Facebook you can find us. It's Four Corners Podcast. That is the number four corners as one word. All right. So if you like using Facebook, or even if you don't, you just still happen to have that account, hit us up there. But if perhaps you enjoy watching some good old-fashioned mudslinging, <laughs> what, what, what platform might you use, Matt? Yeah, if you like to see people argue endlessly about nonsense, you can go on Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitter account. We are at Podcast Four Corners. That's a capital P in podcast, the number four in corners, at Podcast Four Corners. Uh, we do not argue with people on Twitter, though, Chad, because that no, would be we don't. rude. No. We, we don't, and it would, be, it would be rude and pointless. So we instead opt for posting quality content. Mm -hmm. about bread that gets likes from Japanese superstars. Yes, uh, and occasionally uh, actors. Uh, I think yeah. uh, B-movie actor Matthias Hughes once liked one of our tweets. He follows us on Twitter. Does he uh, really? He does. Uh, I, the only thing we do is we do kind of uh, troll John Jones, but he deserves it. Well, I don't know how we could not troll John Jones, but... It just, it's become reflex at this point. And then, if you like using a social media platform that's, well, let's be honest, it's largely used by teenagers who are trying to keep from making eye contact, you want to get on Instagram? Our, our, I'm sure I just pissed off somebody with that joke. <laughs> it is at Four Corners Podcast. That is the number four. That is capital C in Corners. That is capital P in Podcast. No spaces. I'm not even sure if the capitals matter because... Well, Instagram doesn't let you put spaces, and I'm not sure if it's case-sensitive. I post all of our shows on there, and occasionally I'll come up with a, an amusing picture and, and share it on there. But I'm going to be honest with you, Matt's better about that sort of stuff on the Twitter than I am on the Instagram. So uh, if you want to follow us on both, just to make sure you get that hot-off-the-press feeling, there you go. Uh, we are also affiliates with Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Brand started by Al Snow. 
and it is wrestling fans gear for wrestlers and wrestling fans by wrestlers and wrestling fans. It's quality gear. Um, we've talked about it before. I know all of us uh, regular uh, hosts have at least one shirt. They're super comfortable. They're super well-made. They're not outrageously priced. The people that run it are quality people. I get talked to them, see them in person about once a year. They're always great. And if you use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, that's a number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast, that's all run together, and I'm pretty sure that the capitals do matter in this one, then you can get 10% off your order from uh, Collar and Elbow. I'm waiting to hear from Matt about that uh, that flannel shirt he was looking at. Oh, yes. I have to order that still. Okay. I'll, I'll want to know how soft and comfy <laughs> that flannel is when you get it. And then we have, well... We have a shout-out to someone who's who's been with us from the beginning. Isn't that right, Matt? That's right. That would be Epico Cologne. Um, I'm going to count him as an honorary Irishman. I think he probably enjoyed a few green beers yesterday <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. At least I hope he did. You know, the, the goal of the new day has been to make Kofi champion. My goal is I want to see Epico Cologne pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Yes. Because um, it's, it's that time of year. And so, for tonight... Um, I don't well, think the Usos have op- opponents, do they? They I don't. Think don't. So. They don't. I believe in the Colognes. I want to see so this. I. I want to see it. Get that hashtag started. Hashtag I believe in the Colognes. Make sure you spell Colognes correctly, because otherwise people are going to think they're you're, we're talking about body fragrances. But, mm. <laughs> hashtag I believe in the Colognes. Now... We're coming up on WrestleMania weekend, and there's going to be some cool stuff happening. We touched on it uh, in another episode. But tonight, we're going to get a very special breakdown with a very special guest. I'm going to let Matt handle the introductions. Matt, go ahead. Sure. We uh, we do have a special guest tonight, um, and I'm excited. We've been trying to get guests slowly uh, incorporated into the show. Uh, this individual means a lot to me. I'm gonna, I hope he's blushing on the phone right now. Um, uh, this is my good brother, Christy Petrillo. I've known Chris many years. Chris was in my wedding. Uh, he is well acquainted with the wrestling business, as he will kind of explain. Uh, he is the chief marketing officer for Figures Toy Company. He's going to talk a little bit about, about that, I'm sure. Uh, I'm his uh, his son's favorite uncle. That's true, I think, Chris. <laughs> I think that's established. It's well that, established. That is true. He's, he's waiting for his birthday <laughs> present to show up at the doorstep. Well, it doesn't matter. I uh, I'm saying it now on the show, uh, so it's canon. You know, it's, you know what I was, it must be true. You know what I was hoping would happen is you'd do that touching intro, and all we'd hear is click. <laughs> I would deserve it. Uh, yeah, Chris is uh, Chris is our guest tonight. He's going to talk about uh, how he kind of, I guess, what are we going to talk to him about specifically about WrestleMania? I think uh, WrestleMania weekend because he's going to be there as am I. I was just sitting here thinking, how can I superimpose the crying Jordan face on Epico Cologne <laughs> pointing at the WrestleMania sign? That's, like, oh, I'm not going to get to go cruel. there again. I think, <laughs> I think oh. it's just, um, there's Breaks so apart. much out there. I think it's just going to be, f- I just, I thought it'd be great to have an extra voice in there that's actually going and, you know, kind of mm-hmm. has an insight into, you know, some of these shows and, you know, maybe help some of the people out there that are, you know, maybe looking at these 20 shows and being like, well, what do I watch? And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe focusing in on some of the interesting matches and, you know, stuff like that. 
there is definitely something for everyone going on in New York. And I do also appreciate, guys, the segue of going from talking about fashion and buying shirts into my introduction. You couldn't be any more appropriate. <laughs> Look, man, uh, you've been at this Chris for a already, little while. Chris is already telling me off, uh, kind of off the scenes that he's already planning his outfits. Like, I, that's the level that Chris is at. He's, Chris is a, a resident kind of fashionista. That's we true. Ain't... This house is bursting at the seams with clothing. I'm down about 25 pounds since October, so... I am currently swimming in a lot of wardrobe, and an abundance of wardrobe is the word I was looking for. So I could probably pack for this trip, Next Mania, Matt's vow renewal, uh, Shad's <laughs> homecoming king crowning. I, I could pack for about five trips right now and still have enough clothes left over to get me through the week. What in the world do you know that I don't? <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I was basically going to bomb as a joke, so I just had to kind of just keep rolling. You know, you said it was going to be... <laughs> You know, so the rail is already slightly teetering. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so I think I think we can I think we could just start right from the top since uh, you haven't been on the show before. What have you thought about WWE's uh, mania build to this point? Uh, does the term "weak sauce" still resonate? Is that you know? Do the kids still say that? I think it's been not very good in a lot of ways. I think that in the case of the women's main event. They're trying to be too quirky with it. They're trying too much with that one. Whereas with the Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar story, it's a relatively simple story, but I feel like that's kind of taken a back burner to the Roman Reigns stuff and then not having Lesnar around at all and trying to squeeze the Shield reunion in there in case Ambrose does leave. Uh, It's just been really, really not sloppy, but just very... You know, kind of towing the line, booking it like any other pay-per-view. You know, even the Kofi Kingston stuff is just the writers rehashing what happened in 2014 with Daniel Bryan. So there's not much originality. There's not much in the way of paying off any major things right now, aside from making history by having the women in the main event. Uh, You know, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar barely feels like a feud, let alone just the match. Uh, you know, Kofi, it's a great story that they're going with something that happened organically. But again, you know, they're rolling with something right now rather than letting something peak. So it's really just a weird build to mania. And I think that the things that are not being built uh, into super matches like the AJ Styles, Randy Orton build, you know, that's basically going to be a mid card match, despite the fact that both guys are main eventers. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, stuff like that has started having the best type of build you know there i thought their promo on smackdown against each other last week was really really good there has been more long-term build for like shane versus miz than there have been for a lot of these other matches including like the lesnar rollins match that Mm -hmm. is and even that they they twisted around because the yeah initial thing was that shane was supposed to be a heel months ago and then you figured that miz was going to turn on him but now miz is Back to being a babyface, which I guess maybe they want since it ties into the reality show now. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that's that's a depressingly astute observation in that that's that's the biggest build that's been the longest term build going into Mania. Yeah, and and even some of the other matches, like like I'm looking at the card right now, at least what's set up for the card at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And you have like Triple H versus Batista, no holds barred match. I mean, that was set up like in the last month. Yeah. And I know you can just, you can tell, like, no offense, I'm not saying it's even going to be bad, I'm sure it'll be entertaining, but 
you know they're going to give it probably like 25 minutes. And I don't think it... I, I don't really want and, that. And but. someone's probably going to get hurt or tear something in the course and of it. It's really a shame, too, because Batista's done these really great, like, off-screen, like, promos. And um, they're just wasting it on Triple H. I, I mean... I was there uh, at SmackDown 1000, which was months ago at this point, um, but they had it in D.C. And when they kind of laid the foundation by having Batista talk about how, like, well, you know, you never beat me at Mania. Uh, I mean, the crowd, like, pops. The people, I can see people being interested in this. Uh, so I, it's it's not a match I think I'm, I'm excited for, but it's a match that I can definitely see where people, there there is interest there. But it's also another case of Hunter being the author of his own destiny because yeah. he always inserts himself into these epic things. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, the whole Shawn Michaels thing, uh, you know, going on 10 years now or so made sense to get involved after the fact. But I feel like Hunter, I feel like Hunter has a bit of an inferiority complex when it comes to Shawn, especially. So it was like Shawn's coming off those two amazing matches with undertaker and yeah the story fit but it was almost like okay how can i top this and because you're my best friend exactly (laughs) and now he's working with another guy who he's got that pre-built relationship with and it's a guy who's not around in the long term so he has nothing to lose by going over on him and if batista goes over is it a matter of hunter just i mean hunter's wrestlemania booking nine times out of ten only serves to benefit hunter or the mcmahons and take a look back no further than just a few years ago when he had the match with sting oh god I'm and it turned into a whole wcw kissing match so let's let's be honest on this podcast uh at least well i think brad just said it all of us are still pissed about that you Uh, pissed me off about that feud is sting was like this isn't about wcw and then right at the end they're like lol wcw and it's oh and then nothing like men who tried to destroy wcw from the inside out coming out to defend its honor and then and then um no one no one no one wanted sting to lose no, not at all. And nor it, should he have. It was oddly kind of a reflection of the Sting Hogan thing because Sting, you know, the the whole build was Sting's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And lol Sting loses except this the one at Mania didn't have a restart clause. So, you know, it, great. That that just really sucked because we were we wanted to see Sting win. Right, that you built him to win, and what does Triple H winning accomplish? Nothing. His his heat as the corporate former champ, all that, all that's gone into Triple H is bulletproof at this point. So it served no purpose aside from exactly the same purpose as the invasion turned out. Okay, so since I've killed conversation at that point. I was just listening uh, to your point. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the, the NXT card, and the NXT card is interesting, but it's kind of a mess because of their sudden call-up of, like, a bunch of guys. And the injury to Tomas Ciampa, most importantly. Yeah. Yeah. I need to look up... I actually need to look up the NXT card now, since... It's, um... War Raiders are defending oh, against oh, Alistair oh. Black and Ricochet... 
Pete Dune and Walter for the UK belt. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole for the vacant NXT championship. Uh, two, it looks like that's two out of three falls. Yeah. Two. Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle, which I really want to see that now. Yeah. And then uh, Basler against Shirai, Belair, and Sane for the women's championship. That also probably will be a, a good match. You're having you're having both the Japanese girls in there. It's going to be. Issue. I I just want to I just want to break in here because we are recording this on a Monday night while Raw is on. And, you know, there is no better way to accentuate the talents of the man called Ricochet by sticking him in the ring with Jinder Mahal. Oh. Oh, good. I'm, 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 I'm so sad I'm missing that. That makes... You know, Here we go. I've, I've, got a, I've got a local Kentucky boy I'm so thrilled to see on the big stage. I'm like, oh, he's in there with Jinder. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I could be taking a dump right now. You know, I, I have to say, I, un- I unironically do kind of enjoy Jinder Mahal, like, in his current role. Now that he doesn't have the belt. Um, as my son would say, he stinks. But then he also <laughs> begged for his action figure, so. <laughs> but the Singh brothers are awesome, though. He like he likes them too. He actually asked for them too, but uh, yeah, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton are quote unquote stinky guys, and we don't like them. <laughs> and he also told a woman in Walmart about how much he doesn't like Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's my nephew. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Oh man, um, just on the NXT thing, I'm really looking forward to something in there. Uh, looking forward to hearing Dvorak hit and see Walter be Walter. Walter. Well, I'm sorry, you're right. I did that. Walter. It, I, you have to say it right. That's. I'm actually I keep forgetting. That's my own rule, and I keep forgetting. I'm actually super excited about that match. I'm really curious to see what it's going to be like. I don't know if they're what path he's taken going from yeah. PCO last year to main card NXT this year. Mm-hmm. And that PCO still alive. <laughs> I and he's still going to, going to wrestle at MSG for the IWGP tag team titles. Yeah. If he doesn't kill himself in the process, uh, I wonder if he's working on that. So that's a nice segue into stuff that's going on. I'm assuming that's happening maybe a weekend. Yes, that's the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan uh, MSG, uh, G1 and MSG, uh, G1 Supercard. That's what it is. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, the... Newly crowned Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, PCO and Brody King, a.k.a. Villain Enterprises, their stable with Marty Skrull, are taking on the Gorillas of Destiny in what was originally supposed to be the Briscoes versus the Gorillas of Destiny in a title-for-title matchup. Oh, wow. And um, uh, a three-way ladder match for the ROH title with Jay Lethal, Matt Taven, and Marty Skrull coming off of the 60-minute draw on the Ring of Honor the other night. Okay, can I ask a question? What what is Delirious smoking that he put Jay Lethal and Matt Taven in a sixty minute match, and expected people to pay for it? Well, one, it wasn't an announced as a sixty minute match. They, they were kind of going back to the old days of you know matches can be five minutes or they could be an hour, and I think that it was that old school style of booking with the way that. Danielson used to get people over where you stick them in there for a long time and you build up that they're on the level of the champion and that in turn gets them over. And uh, I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of the kingdom, but I do stay pretty abreast on all of the recent shows. And I feel like more and more 
at least Matt Taven is getting more over and feels more over. And I think that, you know, I don't know if he's the right choice to be the world champion right now. I would put it on Marty for as long as they've got him. But I do agree that the belt needs to come off lethal because Jay Lethal to me is the Randy Orton of Ring of Honor. He's the lifer. He's capable of a good match. He's capable of a good promo. But I don't want to see him in the major angle all the time. You know, Chris, uh, I think on this show I have referenced, I don't know if I've name dropped you, but I have referenced that you have made that observation. And since you did that, and I think you did it last year at Mania to me, since you've made that analogy, that's all I can think about whenever I see Jay Lethal. Like a technically good guy has good matches, but I I just don't care to see him. And that's not... They even have the scheme finished, just that Orton doesn't do the cartwheel first. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I, no offense to the guy. I really... I, he's, a, he's a good worker. It's just, I, I, I just find him boring. Like, I don't... His, I'm not excited about seeing him in the ring. His best work was in TNA as, like, a lower card guy and doing black machismo. <laughs> <laughs> and lethal consequences with the now Xavier Woods. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked Lethal at that point. Lethal... Uh, Reminded me of another favorite I had that had success but wasn't like a top, like D'Lo Brown. I enjoyed watching both of those guys because to me they looked very smooth. It just kind of makes me sad to hear that that he's in this place where, I don't know, it, it sounds like he's kind of stalled out or something. So, they're they're really they should not have kept the title on him as long as they have. He's but been for like they, since like the the main scene. I mean, the yeah. the mid card is doing great. You know, the new blood that they've integrated, uh, the lifeblood that they've integrated to kind of make a little pun there by bringing in guys like uh, Juice Robinson from New Japan and then hiring guys like Bandito and bringing in Roosh uh, at least for a year now. You know, the mid card and the upper mid card is looking great, but they have to shake up that main event scene. And I'll be honest, the the match that I'm looking forward to seeing the most as far as what's announced right now i mean you know granted we're going to figure out what's going on with jay white and whoever he's defending against but the fact that jeff cobb and will osprey are likely to fight each other that could be the sleeper match of the weekend that that's going to be a good match i'm also excited because on that on that show i think they've announced uh jushin liger jushin uh, liger will be in yeah, and since he's retiring i think in the next year then that's probably going to be the only chance i'm ever going to see him actually wrestle live so that's it's almost like a bucket list thing crossing it off because uh, when i first got into wrestling like that's when he was kind of still associated with wcw so that's like almost like a dream to actually see him and he, i know he's nowhere near as good as he was you know 25 plus years ago but that's still like going to be so exciting I, i'm actually that might old, be the thing I'm, yeah he'd been around for so long it's kind of one of those well you just it feels like he'll always be around you know mm-hmm. speaking I of get um Hushin Liger I've got to find it Brian Pillman Jr. I think's wrestling Puma King on one of these shows be uh, for MLW because he's also fighting on that US versus the world show against um what's the I think it's that Emil, Emil- Satoki or whatever his name yeah, is yeah yeah I'm not I'm not too familiar with him so if I butchered his name I'm sorry that also has Sammy Guevara versus Puma King. Yep, he's on that show. Um, I know Ethan Page is on that show. Pillman Jr., Sammy Guevara. Um, there are people from Dragon Gate on that show. I want to say there's a six-man tag on that show, maybe. Uh, yeah, the Rascal, the Rascals versus... Yep, Desmond Xavier. Yep. Yeah. 
And then um, Rich Swan's taking on Masato Yoshino. That should be really good. Yeah. So, Chris, of everything that's going to be happening that weekend, let's take Mania and TakeOver, and we're going to set those to the side. What show, with the grand total of everything happening, are you looking forward to the most? What it And what in it is really like speaking to you? Right now, I have to say... Uh, I was blessed with seeing the New Japan Ring of Honor War of the Worlds tour uh, several years ago. So I've gotten to see guys like Okada and Tanahashi and those types of guys live and in living color. Um, You know, that's back when Nakamura was still in New Japan. So I've seen a lot of the New Japan talent already. For me, that show, the biggest thing is the fact that I finally get to go to MSG because I've actually never been. Right now the show that I thought was going to have a lot of problems this year because of the way that there's such a signing frenzy for all these different companies kind of putting a damper on the independent scene is the WrestleCon Super Show, but they hit one out of the park by announcing that Bandito and Will Ospreay are going to face off for the first time ever as the main event of that show. And I'm really into Bandito right now. Uh, I've been following him for about like the last year or so, ever since he started getting some play with... PWG, and we actually saw him last year at WrestleCon. Uh, he was a tag team with Flamita, and that was probably the best match on the WrestleCon Super Show last year. So it's really cool to see him taking on someone like Osprey, who's someone that I am a fan of, and I think Osprey is now kind of lessening his aerial game. I think he's starting to play it a little safer and changing his style up a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes with what he's been or built his career on against Bandito, or if it's going to be a bit of a, not a Styles clash, but a little bit of a Styles contrast with what you're used to seeing from Osprey. Yeah, it's going to disappoint Meltzer, isn't it? Uh, that, I, that's I, a running that's a running joke here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a running joke, Chris, because uh, my joke is that if it's a Will Osprey match, it automatically starts at probably like five or six stars with Meltzer, and then can only can only go up from there. Uh, it's only because I, I, I that, as much as I love speed it's the Bandito rule, because Bandito right now can do no wrong mm. in the uh, as far as wrestling reviewers and columnists go. I think it's it's just that as much as I love Big Dave and uh, you and I have both met him like multiple times. It's he has like a soft spot for Will Ospreay. I've literally seen him argue on Twitter that Will Ospreay is better now than any version of Shawn Michaels. I mean, I saw him argue that not ironically. So uh, I enjoy a. WrestleCon will Osprey match with him uh, several years ago, so I do know that he is a fan. Man, yeah. Are you going to? You definitely going to go to that Super Show, Chris? Yeah, I've got I've got the ticket for the WrestleCon Super Show. Uh, our buddy Derek grabbed me a ticket. Cool. I, I think I'm actually going to to go to that one as well. Um, I don't know where you're seating. You're sitting. I I just I get into the city a little bit later, but I think I could still watch most of that show. Yeah, I don't think it even starts till 8 o'clock, so I'm not sure what time you're arriving. But, hey, it's right in our hotel, so if you get bored, just come on down. I, I can literally just walk downstairs, so <laughs> that'll be easy. I, I want to talk about a show that I'm really excited about, and it's going to be – it's actually going to be the first time in 13 years that I spend money on an Impact Wrestling show. But um, I'm really excited for the United We Stand show. I think they've put together a really outstanding card for that. Yeah, Dream Tag Team Match and Ultimate X Match. You um, know, I, I, Impact, I think the brand 
is tainted. And I think that that's just kind of beating a dead horse to even talk about it, but they're not giving up. You know, you've got to give them credit for trying, whether it's the weekly TV or the people that they're bringing in, you know, granted they don't have too many people under an exclusive contract, but with what they're able to do with their relationships and the talent they have on hand, they've been putting out a pretty decent product over the past year or so. I think, I think they've, I think last year they had one of the best TV shows out there. I would agree. And um, it really pisses me off. Only one full time, but I I would agree. And I think, I think it's kind of garbage though, that they were second for worst TV show and the observer awards, because like, I'm sorry, but the ring of honor TV is far worse than, than the impact TV. I think that's the mob mentality. And I think that ring of honor is essentially what superstars or wrestling challenge used to be. It's, it's a promotional tool for the bigger events occasionally you get a really good match uh you know you do get to see the stars on there and occasionally you'll get a title match or whatever but i think that you know the television is just to boost up the touring and the bigger events because the main money is to be made in honor club and at the gate i think where i think where their tv upsets me though and i can never stick with it is when you hit those big events it takes like a month for the tv to actually pick up angles again or to reflect like what happened on those shows it's just the exercise and frustration yep no i would agree that you know the fact that they're so behind on everything you know we're talking about pay-per-views and title changes and stuff like that and the fallout from this pay-per-view is still going to be going on on television by the time we're done with msg yeah i'm showing this is uh, starting at like 11 p.m united with standards yes Wow, that's kind of late, but uh, and I know Brad and I have been talking like the the Pentagon, the Lucha Brothers versus RVD Sabu match has it's to me that's fascinating. Like that has all sorts of potential to get really interesting. It does, but I have to say, the last time we saw RVD, mm-hmm. he looked very uninspired, mm. and that was already what five years ago when he came back full time and was doing the feud with the Del Rio and everything. That was about 2013, 2014. Yeah. The Monsters Ball actually looks like a pretty interesting match too, because I could see those guys just going all cr- like just Jimmy going crazy. Match, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I may have to actually. I may. Ha- I. I don't think I'm going to be going there at 11 p.m. Uh, that night, but I. I might actually get. I might get this after the fact. I might wa- try and watch it online. Yeah, I think this one earned a buy for me just because even like the the Lucha Underground versus Impact match looks really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Chad, you've been pretty silent. Are you looking forward to any of these matches that we've brought up or any of the events as a whole? Uh, he stepped she, away for a second. He stepped, yeah, he stepped away for a sec. Oh, gotcha. Okay, let's see. Um, is there What other shows are you going to like that you're looking forward to? So I'm doing... WrestleCon, I'm doing that United We Stand show, which has an added bonus, gives you admission into WrestleCon for the day. Then there's MSG on Saturday night. Um, NXT will be Friday night, obviously. And uh, WrestleMania, and then the Monday Night Raw, and then I will be home. I will not be doing SmackDown. So I'm doing pretty much all of WWE, minus Hall of Fame and SmackDown, doing the big New Japan ROH crossover show, the WrestleCon Super Show, the U.S. versus the world. Uh, it would have been cool to go to MLW, but I feel like the majority of the talent I want to see 
on those shows will be on the other shows. So, you know, as much as I would like to see it as a TV product, because I am enjoying their TV as well, uh, there's just, you know, there's only so much you can do and only so much time there. And I don't want it to be a complete overload. I want to actually get to see people and engage with people and do a little product promotion and all of that fun stuff too. It just, you know, it it really is a smorgasbord for any wrestling fan. And, you know, there are people, you know, people will kind of like chuckle and say, wow, you're doing a lot. And there are people that are doing a lot more than what Matt and I are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's people that go like 12, 16 hours worth of these shows, don't they? Oh, yeah. There are people that will go to a show in the morning and the show at night and then go do Joey Janela late at night. And those shows are always fun. And I love his booking style, just that madcap booking style of putting things together that no one would even think of. You know, like he went and got Mantar to be in his you know, clusterfuck this year. Yeah. We've been talking yeah. about that on the, on the show. Like that's, I really want to get tickets to that. Uh, even though uh, spring break part two, is going to be like a, I think like midnight uh, Saturday night, but uh, I have not been able to find anything. I don't know. I don't know, Chris, if it's like, I just go there and see if someone has a ticket I can scalp, but I don't know. That, that <laughs> LA park versus Masato Tanaka match. Like I never knew I wanted that until it was announced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, he Janela has quite a mind for the business. I will, I will give him that. He's booking it like EWR, and I was a big fan of EWR, so I'm all for that booking style. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting is, um, it's interesting to see those companies that become like that kind of hot indie promotion for a couple years. Like AIW was that a couple years ago, and it kind of feels like Game Changer Wrestling's kind of picking up that buzz the last year or so. I feel like. PWG right now is going to suffer a little bit because so many people are getting put under exclusive contracts. And I feel like, you know, they're going to have to find new talent and kind of rebuild or, you know, more people are going to have to get exposed and eventually get over. So I feel like for the next little while that Janela game changer, like these quirky indie dream matches or putting together, what you can of all the holdovers and the veterans and the up and coming talent. I feel like that's going to be the best way to book shows for a little while. And that's, what's going to get over because you can go to almost any show now and see a four star match. But if Janela can be like, okay, well I've got, you know, and this is all hypothetical. This is not like a real match or anything like that. But if he's like, okay, I've got Scott Steiner and Masato Tanaka, I'm going to throw them together and just let them go ham on each other. It's like, okay, well who wouldn't want to see that? But then there's Bandito and Will Ospreay. And yeah, that's going to be a great match. But you've got to kind of cater to both of your fan bases. And I feel like those showcase matches like Bandito and Will Ospreay, I don't want to say dime a dozen because I feel like that's a negative statement to make. But a lot of indies have the ability to put on those types of matches now. Whereas Janela is taking advantage of connections or bookings or just right place, right time and putting together some really entertaining cards. So I don't know if anybody uh, got to ask this, and Chris, you, you might have more of an inside track than we do, but there is a, there's a scheduling thing for uh, Janela's spring break that I, I desperately hope is true, um, because it's listed that Fake Sting will be there and then oh, that, yeah, I forgot that about Jeff that. Farmer will also be there. Yeah, are we talking about the same person, or might we see a 
big debut, re-debut for the legend Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. If he found Jumpin' Jeff Farmer of YouTube fame, I would buy everybody's ticket so we could go. <laughs> because that would be amazing. You know what's it uh, would. That's I, I, I so want that to be the case. You know what's a real real shame is uh, if Dennis Stamp could have just held on for a couple more years, he could have been booked uh, on the show. He could have been booked. I oh, know. that does make me sad. I know. He could have he could he would have been perfect for one of these. You know who would be, you know, see, we're talking about all this stuff. You know who would be a great name to get for that blood sport type of thing? They should have found Sergeant Craig Pittman. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Just because thinking of Jeff Farmer made me think of Cobra, so it was just kind of like that six degrees of Kevin Bacon type of thing going on in my head. But, yeah, let's get Sergeant Craig Pittman versus Frank Muir yes. or something like that going on. I, I will say for, for Josh Barnett's blood sport, if they do Minoru Suzuki versus Josh Barnett, I'm buying it. Bloodsport last year was a really fun show. So yeah, it was because they did they did Suzuki versus Matt Riddle last year, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of watching that as it develops to see what they do. Um, I know Dan Severin's on that show too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they do, but I'm hoping, crossing my fingers for Suzuki Barnett. And um, there, there was another one I saw, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be stupid, but it made me laugh. And I hope, like, I hope it's out there to watch at some point. But I think it's um, WrestlePro does money, this funny equal money, and they have um, Sean Donovan <laughs> versus Buster Jackson in a bird box match. Oh no! <laughs> I ha- okay, I have a question. How is that different than a blindfold match? Because it has to be different. Because I think you die if you open your eyes. Oh. Is there someone at ringside with a like a gun waiting to just sitting there and being like, let's see if they open their eyes for this and huh? And then the guys are gonna be like, How do we gimmick this? Also, that one also has a wrestler that's not well known, but uh Jake Manning's on that show and he does like a an Eagle Scout oh, gimmick. Yeah. The scout. yeah. Yep. And um, that also has Swaggle versus Dan Maff in like two different matches, which um, I think will be funny. I um, I'm interested in the it's a it's on a Friday afternoon, and I don't think I could swing this and NXT because I think NXT starts like a, just a little after six. But um, Black Label Pro in White Eagle Hall, New Jersey, uh, three thirty show, they're going to have Swaggle versus Nick gauge and i don't know who booked that they must obviously want smile to die oh my god he's got steiner on the aiw show too jesus christ yeah, yeah he's, he's gonna end up he's gonna end up in the third row with steiner and then i don't know what's gonna happen with nick after what happened with uh david arquette i'm i'm scared for the little guy yeah is arquette booked for anything i haven't yeah, seen his he's name pop. wrestling timothy thatcher on um what is on the Joey Ryan penis party show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Which is also <laughs> happening in our hotel. And hey, I hey, ho, ho. the whole time. Penis yes, party's got to go. Hey, I, hey, I think ho, ho. I'm going to have to wear my PCU whipping crane shirt to this. Trip. <laughs> I, you know, on one hand, if, I'm if jealous. That's in hotel, if that's in our hotel. On the other hand, I'm not surprised that you have one. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, you got to live the gimmick, baby. I, I'm it's, Chris, if that's if that's in our hotel, I'm I'm honestly hoping I get to see David Arquette walking around. I've heard he's the nicest guy. So, and uh, 
you know, there will be some availability for uh, potential meetups because if you remember how the things were at WrestleCon in Dallas, all the talent that was in the hotel or working the hotel seemed to flood the restaurants and the bars. So yeah. I'm sure you know you're going to be able to rub elbows with a couple of people because usually most people are accommodating. You know, if you're not bothering them or stepping all over their conversation, everybody's been pretty cool that we've bumped into during these travels. Yeah. That um that Black Label show also has a, a tag match I'm super interested in. Uh, it's uh, Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini, who I've seen Kevin Koo before. They have a, a tag team called like Sadkampf. Uh, but their their opponents are what really interests me. They're facing Manny Fernandez and Tank Abbott, which is the most bizarre pairing. That kind of makes me smile. But like it I works. Would, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see that match. You're also lot, actually. you're also missing a great match on this show. It has a uh, Orange Cassidy versus Brian Alvarez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw Orange Cassidy work Colt Cabana with both of them holding a beer in their hands. <laughs> it actually just happened this weekend, but um, Velveteen Dream worked Evolve shows, and they had Orange Cassidy versus Velveteen Dream, and I'm really interested in seeing that. Nice. I love Orange Cassidy, though. He was great in the clusterfuck last year because I think he actually, it took him about 20 minutes to actually get to the ring because he was just kind of like sleepwalking out. Oh, yeah. He's he's the master of the stall. Yeah. So, Shad, if you've never seen Orange Cassidy, he's kind of like this sleepy dude and he kind of just like sleepwalks through matches and stuff. Okay. He's basically like a, like a stoner bro kind of guy. Yeah. Is is so is that anything like being hypnotized by Ophidian and having making people dance kind of thing? Yeah, kind of actually. Okay. Yeah, basically, you know, he's just kind of like the oh come on, like the you know the mellow hipster burnout kind of guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, 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 I wanted to clarify. If I go looking for it, I need to know what I'm getting into. It's also a promotion I follow regularly. Well, there's there's two on here that I'm actually really excited for, and I and um this this one I really wish I could go to New York for, but the Stardom show I really wish I could see because I love Stardom. Is that uh, Thursday night? That is four p.m. I think that's Friday. It's oh, it's um. Let me look. Sorry, I, I have a site up. Yeah, Friday at 4 p.m. at the New York City Arena. Hmm. Yeah, I actually would be super interested in seeing that show, but I don't. I don't know if that's going to work. And then also um, because it's their, I think it's their American debut, but DDT's show. Yeah, that's I. Uh, I think that's 8 p.m. on Thursday. And I like that they named it Coming to America. But uh that those are those are two Japanese promotions I enjoy a lot. And um Wait, what about the other Japanese promotion you've mentioned to us? Oh, Stardom. No, not that one. What was the other one? Kaiju Big Battle. Oh, that's America. Oh, yeah. That's America. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Now I feel like a doofus. Okay, sorry, my bad. Please okay, continue. You're, you're fine. It looks like the uh, for the DDT match, uh, uh, from uh, pay per view. 
got pay-per-view uh, event they're having uh they, they're going to do a tag match where uh dan chocodino and joy ryan are on opposing sides oh god as they should be yeah i don't think his uh i don't think his superpowers are going to work on dino though mm-hmm And let's... I'm sorry. There, this is just kind of like uh, it's kind of like sensory override. Looking at all these like matches. I was gonna no, say the I Rock and Roll. It's... Didn't uh, didn't Janela announce the Rock and Roll Express for one of the shows? Yes. Like, yes. Their match. Rock and Roll Express was LAX. That's what it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And good for LAX because they've really over the last year. I mean, you know, they've benefited from getting a good push in impact and then getting to work PWG and getting to work around the world. But they were a local tag team. They were like a local Northeast tag team. I've seen them on team for a long time for years. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond was built in my backyard. Not literally, but the old arena they used to book was uh, five minutes away. They actually have quite a few interesting matches. Cause I think um, they're teaming up with Loki to take on like great Muda uh, Tajiri and someone else. I don't remember who the other person was, though. Would it, would it be Shinzaki? Is Jinsei Shinzaki coming over? No, it was... Um, oh, who was it? It was like an American. It was like a weirdo team. Let me see if I can find it. Of course, I'm not going to be able to find it. It was... Oh, who was it? Where is that match? Pentagon Jr. Oh, okay. Nice. How are we not getting Muda versus Pentagon? What'd you say? I said, how are we not getting Muda versus Pentagon? No idea. I'm not even sure if it's the real Great Muda. I think it's a fake Great Muda. We do it. Is this, wait, is this Jeff Farmer's new gimmick? (laughs) That'd be hilarious. But not the Jeff Farmer you're thinking of again, right? (laughs) That show is House of Glory Culture Clash that also has Phoenix vs. Amazing Red on it. Yeah, that's Amazing Red's promotion. Okay. Hmm. And LAX's work there, I think that's where they trained, actually. Okay, that makes sense. And then one of the Game Changer shows has Jonathan Gresham vs. Shinjiro Otani. I know Eddie Kingston and Shinjiro Otani are squaring off on a... I think on the AIW show. Yeah, for that Game Changer Wrestling show, it's uh, it's at 12 p.m. Uh, in White Eagle Hall on that Saturday. Uh, that's that's interesting to me because that uh, kind of backstory. I've been talking to, to like Brad and Chad about this, like off the like off mic. But uh, this was a Nova Pro Wrestling show. Um, Nova Pro is kind of like the local um, Virginia promotion, or at least it was. There is a, a lot of controversy uh, about that promotion because uh, the promoter was not paying people, uh, and that basically, literally, in like the last week or so, the entire promotion is like dissolved. They're going to run, they're going to run a show at the end of this month, and then that's pretty much it. So this was their big, like, kind of debut show here in New Jersey, uh, WrestleMania weekend, and that kind of blew up in their faces. So Game Changer Wrestling took over the spot. Um, uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Shinjiro Tani was promoted before. I guess that that's still happening. So I actually might go to the show because I think it's it looks it has potential to be very interesting. I think Orange Cassidy is going to be on the show, although I, I don't think they've announced a match yet. 
I think um, I saw Gangrel in a couple of these shows too. Yeah, he's on a. I think he's on like a Blackcraft show at midnight on Friday night. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Is he still going by Vampire Warrior? Or did he get the rights from White Wolf to borrow the Gangrel name? Uh, no, he he owns the trademark because I tried to acquire him as part of our Legends line, but his price was uh, a bit out of our budget range. I think really well. White Wolf yeah. kind of went. I think I think he might have been able to snatch it because White Wolf kind of disappeared for a while. Okay, whenever they were doing the New World of Darkness stuff. Yeah, they've had some business issues, so I think he might have uh, opportunistically snagged his own trademark. Well, good for him. I know they they had a lot of issues, um, so it was a. Uh... It, it, that was just a thought that was drifting around in the back of my head, um, but it's a. Uh, uh, I remember whenever he first showed up, I was like, "That name seems familiar," and then I would see there was a little asterisk behind his name and all this stuff, and I found it at the bottom of all the advertisements, like Gangrel is a trademark of uh, White Wolf Incorporated, yada yada yada. I was like, "Huh, that's in." It was interesting to me that first of all they even let. They went for licensing the name instead of just being like, yeah, we're going to call you uh, uh, Lestat Jr. or something. But, you know, good for him. You know, actually looking at these shows, we were talking about who, you know, who's going to kind of be the PCO of the weekend. And I honestly think um, Jonathan Gresham might come out of this weekend with a lot of buzz. He's starting to really get a lot of heat. Um, on the independent scene and in Ring of Honor as well. I think it, Chris, you might know better than anyone. Is he going to be wrestling on the uh, the MSG show storyline? He's supposed to be injured, but that's he's not actually. I mean, it's all just you know. It's a word. I have not heard about a match for him on MSG, but they are doing the Honor Rumble as the opener, so mm-hmm. it's always possible he could be in that. Yeah. But I know, I know in a lot of these shows, he's actually got some interesting matches. Like, I know he's wrestling Masato Yoshino. I saw Orange Cassidy in there somewhere. Um, I saw a couple things with him in it. So, like, so, like, so you guys are, so you guys are, what, are you guys both getting in there, like, Thursday or Friday? Thursday. I'll be there Thursday afternoon. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting in there Thursday about 4, 4.30. Chris, I don't know what time you're getting in. Uh, I'll be there around like 3, 3.30. So by the oh, time okay. I get to the hotel, like 3.34. Yeah. So like for those of us that, that don't go to the Mania thing, like so what is like, what does a day of this weekend entail? Like not obviously Mania because Mania takes up the whole day, but like so what does a typical day look like when you're doing these – uh this week oh man i don't know how chris is going to answer that it's i've gone twice before chris has gone more times than me it it is just it's kind of like a almost like sensory overload yeah it's like sensory overload of just like individuals who are there for the wrestling wrestling shows if you were staying like in one of the hotels or hanging out around that you can you can see the wrestlers maybe even converse with them hang out with them chris has stories uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much that he's right. Like you don't stop. Like some people you get up early in the morning and then you go until, you know, 
two, three in the morning. And then you just crash. Yeah. And then no mood to get up the next morning, but then you realize, oh, I got tickets for a show that's in an hour. I better get in the shower. So what was last year the first time that Mania was kind of like the least interesting of the all the stuff going on? No, I feel that it's been that way the last couple of years because I feel that Dallas didn't really have anything strong behind it, which is why they hot-shotted that Shane McMahon Undertaker Hell in the Cell in there because that's when you had all the Evolve shows and stuff like that going on. And that was the year that the WrestleCon Super Show kind of really got put over the top. And then you had Orlando, and Orlando, I mean, that weekend was kind of spent buzzing about the Young Bucks and the Hardy Boys ladder match. Mm-hmm. So I feel, I feel that WrestleMania has really taken a back seat the last couple of years, and I think that that could be not the reason, obviously, but maybe another reason why they're going full throttle with the Ronda Becky Charlotte thing so that not only are they getting like the press or that pat on the back, like see, we put the girls in the main event, but so that there is something different standing out. Because if you just go ahead and say, Hey, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar is the main event. I don't think that your hardcore fan base is really going to give a damn. Cause honestly, like I'm looking at this and I could see myself next year, going to mania weekend and actually not going to wrestlemania and just hitting up like a bunch of indie there shows. are a lot of people that do that there i know a lot of people that go do the indie shows and leave sunday morning it's entirely doable because there's so much wrestling i mean it i'm looking at a page full of the shows and i i feel i almost feel like this is more than i've ever seen but you can literally go and see it, I think it actually is because now I'm seeing that there's shows even on Wednesday, which I don't think it was before. But starting like Thursday, uh, you can Thursday, Friday, Saturday for sure. You can have shows all day long. If that's what you want. If you want indie shows, you can see three, four, five shows in a day. And I even see there's one, there's a show now actually like on Sunday during the day. I'm seeing here for the, for WrestleMania. Yeah, I saw that too. It's it's kind of crazy. It's a Capital Wrestling show, which I know Chris, uh, kind of a mutual friend that we have, Darnell, uh, he's associated with them. Um, I'm actually tempted to go see that show. It's at 12 p.m. on Sunday. Let me see. I... Uh, depending, depending on how, you know, like we just talked about crashing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sunday might be my day where I'm just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not setting an alarm. I'm doing doing anything don't forget i'm rooming with two different people too so i don't know what their schedules are going to be like mm-hmm. but all i know is that if i don't have anywhere to be i'm going to keep my eyes closed for as long as possible <laughs> are you are you're staying with ed right uh i'm staying with the infamous ed in san antonio and our buddy Derek. well ed's about like three people so yes that's kind of <laughs> what i what i think... he will never listen to this like that's why i can kind of trash him but what I think is interesting, though, is it, He's a good guy. it really is. It, Go ahead. It, sorry, I'm sorry. Bro. I was going to say, it really feels like everyone's kind of up their game uh, with what they're booking this year. But I think it helps that because they're so centralized and because like a lot of these Japanese promotions are coming over to get some money, it makes getting those Japanese guys more interesting. So you're kind of getting like these Dragon Gate guys that are willing to come over like dispersed and like getting some of these like matches you're really interested in over the course of a weekend it's just um it really feels like last year there were a lot of interesting shows whereas this year it feels like almost every one of these shows has at least two things that really stand out as something you want to see i 
I think it's a fair point. There's tons of stuff on here that even if I don't think the entire card is interesting per se, there's like a match or two, which uh, I don't know. I'm going to probably try and go out of my way to see some of this stuff. Like it's like the Janela uh, shows. Like I, I'll probably watch the entire shows, but some of this other stuff, like uh, like the Blackcraft show we were just talking about, like I don't know if that show is going to be any good, but <laughs> I kind of want to see the Gangrel match. That's kind of yeah. uh, a curiosity that I'd be interested in seeing. But even like something like, um, I don't know, like, I just saw one that was interesting. It's hard to, it's hard, it's really hard to go through all this stuff. But there's like a, there's like a, a World Wrestle Network show that has like Kaiju Big Battle versus DDT. Like that's, mm. that's going to be interesting. And um, even something silly like Joey, Joey Ryan's like, penis party like there's a lot of interesting stuff on there like i'd probably pay 10 bucks to see david arquette and timothy thatcher wrestle i have a uh, a question i'd like to ask for both both chris and matt um that i'm i'm gonna be taking us off the path we've been on if you're okay with that um you guys mind no no okay you guys have been there in the uh, in the mania crowds. You've been there like for all kinds of stuff. Being there for um, you know big cool moments. It, being in a live crowd is different than watching it on TV. We've talked about that before. Can you guys talk about the difference between being there for a big live crowd and then also being there for a um, what's it feel like to be there? Whenever something happens and the crowd just like all the air out of the balloon, the crowd either, either dumps on it or just <clears throat> doesn't care. Can you talk about what that feeling's like? Well, I think that that could also be twofold too, because I've noticed this quite a bit over the years, especially in the last couple of years when there's been so much going on leading up to Mania. It's that by the time you get to WrestleMania, I think that so many people are just tired mm-hmm. and not as reactive. Um, like I can remember last year watching AJ Styles and Nakamura and granted, you know, so many people, Oh, it's going to be a five star new Japan classic. And it was a three and a half star WWE semi classic. Um, but I, I just remember like feeling like, wow, the crowd's not as into this as I would have expected. Like, I feel like the crowd didn't really bite on that match until the Nakamura heel turn at the end. Um, I also feel that if you get the right kind of moment, it will wake them up, such as when the Hardy Boys returned uh, back in Orlando a couple of years ago. But that's what I'm saying with the build. It's that, you know, if you build something to its peak, then you're bound to get a great reaction instead of relying on something, you know, like a stunt show like Shane and Undertaker or something like that, or, you know, Triple H and Batista now going the no-holds-barred route, almost guaranteeing that they're getting a reaction. Uh, I feel that the crowd reacts as they should, but I also feel that a combination of wear and tear and just what you could call bad booking or you know too much basic booking kind of takes the winds out of the sails before the ball even gets rolling. So it, it's a catch-22. It's do you want to go and spend your time with you know sensory overload, as we've been saying, and get in as much wrestling as you can so that you're burned out by the big show? Or can you handle it? Like I myself, I feel like I can handle it. 
but there are even times where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get up on my feet for this spot. All right. Like, you know, we're also at the age where it's like, Hey, we've seen this all before. Um, so I, I think it kind of goes right down the middle. You know, there are the people that can handle it and the people that can't. And then when it comes match time, how much interest do you have in that particular program or how great is that match really to wake you up? I think that's all fair. Um, I would kind of echo those statements. I think specifically for the WWE, like Manias have the fact that they're now like six hours, five, six hours with all like the extra stuff. That's a little much. Uh, I actually thought it was the booking last year when I went was kind of fine. I mean, not the booking per se, but I mean like the, the flow of the mania card, but at the same time, like Chris, you were there like the, I've never seen something like, the Roman Reigns Lesnar match where people in the in the stands just did not care. And in fact were chanting anything but for the match. Like they just started chanting random stuff. Uh throwing a beach ball around. Like that I think that was that kind of goes to your point about how like just bad booking because no one cared about that match and no one cared about Roman Reigns and no one cared to see him win the title or not win the title. It was kind of a mess. That was that was also the one that featured people leaving early, right? No, that was um, Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It, that's... I don't... They they kind of run together sometimes. <laughs> no, last year, was, last year was a forgettable slog, so it all kind of, like, meshed together. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, Chris, I know sometimes you have insights into things. I've heard there's rumblings that they think Ronda might leave. Is there, like, as far as you know, is there, like, any, is there a lot of truth to that? Or is that just kind of, like, some weird, like, theorizing that's gotten kind of, like, taken a little too seriously? Yeah, I think it's just a a theory that people are taking too literally. I think that... You know, she's the female Lesnar in more ways than one. She could say, hey, this is my last match and that's it. Or money could talk and she could be back a month later. Uh, I don't think there's really any way to tell. You know, it's not like, oh, Ronda's leaving and she's going to show up in AEW two months from now. You know, I don't think there's a circumstance like that at all. I think that it's just a matter of their building to this being her putting over Becky and, uh, you know, by design Charlotte as well, so that those can be the two lead women if and when Ronda decides to leave. But I still feel like she's going to be part of the WWE for a while to come. Maybe not a full-time character. Maybe she'll show up when she wants to. Maybe she'll just sign another full-time contract. But I don't think we're going to see the last of her at WrestleMania. Okay, because it it kind of like seemed to have some steam the last couple weeks, and I was a little perplexed by it because it didn't feel like it didn't feel like they signed her for just a year. It felt like they were kind of investing in her long term. I, yeah, I feel like she's going to be a long term character. I feel like she's going to be around for a while. You know, I think that if anything, you know, if we don't see her for a couple of months, she'll probably be back in the mix by SummerSlam. Okay. What were you going to say, Shad? There was a, a thought that struck me about. Um... The idea that, like, let's say they they build up to Mania and they do that to kind of take a break. By having, and this just occurred to me because I'm slow on the draw, uh, 
the thought of, of having Becky and Charlotte both in that match and then putting them on separate brands could also take that rub a long way towards, you know, just kind of building more credibility in the division, which um, that would be a good idea, too. I'm just kind of, I don't know if, if they'll do it, because we're in this weird space where SmackDown's the one that got the... Um, that got the uh, uh, the big deal from Fox, and then but Vince still sees Raw as the main show kind of thing going on, and so I don't know. I'm I'm spitballing here, so well, I think, I'll, I'll let that lie. I think they've I think they've actually damaged the rub they're kind of gonna get from it though because they've so incompetently booked the storyline they've actually managed to cool it off, and I have to give them credit for being that good at screwing things up that they've managed to cool the story off to a degree. Uh, I know we talked about it recently, but the, the whole kayfabe breaking thing is just, just never strikes me as a good move. Cause it, 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 even if it works for the feud you're in, it kind of devalues everybody else on the card. So, I, I don't care for that. Um, and my my tinfoil hat theory is that um, that that uh, the Ronda did get actually hot at Becky on Twitter, and then they just kind of decided to pick it up and go with it. So who knows, right? So where is um, is WrestleMania at the Barclays? No, it's at MetLife. WrestleMania, it's at MetLife Stadium. Oh, is yeah. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's in Jersey. Those are, I hate stadium shows. They have terrible acoustics. I think uh, I think NXT is in the Barclays. It probably is. What, I'm not mistaken. Have either of you ever watched um, wrestling at Barclays? Like, is it okay to watch wrestling there? Is it? Uh... I can't say I've seen anything there. I know it's terrible for hockey, and people have posted pictures, but I wasn't sure about um, wrestling. I don't know if we still have Chris, but I've I've never seen yeah. uh, I've never seen any kind of uh, sporting event or wrestling show in New York City at all. So couldn't yeah, tell I've you. I've never but... been to Barclays or MSG. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm much like Chris. I'm actually really excited to see a wrestling show at MSG. It's a, that's another like bucket list item for me. So, so with this stuff, this stuff's pretty spread out, right? Like we talked about this off air the other week. Like, how do you, how do you? The shows? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of have to that's gonna figure into my like logistics of trying to see stuff because uh, it is kind of spread out. It, separating kind of the big shows like uh, the Ring of Honor, New Japan show. Uh, and the WWE stuff, like all the independent stuff seems to be mostly at three different locations. There is actually a more, but uh, there's a White Eagle Hall in New Jersey, uh, La Boom, which is in Queens, and then at the at the wrestling hotel that Chris and I are staying at, which is in kind of like northern Midtown, New York, uh, Midtown Manhattan. Uh, that's where most of the shows are going to be. Um, but there's a couple of other venues that are out there that uh, are running stuff uh, kind of intermittently over the weekend. Um, everything, it's New York City, so it's kind of easy to get around, either by the subway or 
I guess by cab, Uber, but it is kind of spread out. So that's why when uh, when you have someone doing like multiple shows, some of these workers doing multiple shows, like I don't know how they're kind of getting back and forth because uh, there is traffic. There is you know going on the metro. I don't know if these guys want to hop on the metro in their gear, but yeah, that would be like the old Sting story where they they. Him and Flair opened a show in one location, went to the airport, got on a private plane, and, and then flew to a, a town for a different location to do the main. And Sting's like walking through the airport, and he walks up to the ticket counter, and the lady looks up at him and kind of jumps, and he goes, what kind of weirdos do you have come through this place? Uh, I mean, Chris can tell you, last year, Jeff Cobb did like a dozen shows or more. Holy and crap. He was... Uh, he was running around like eight or nine shows. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, uh, he was literally like did his match, grabbed his stuff, uh, th- called an Uber threw it through all of his stuff. He was like in his gear, uh, in the Uber going to, you know, the next venue. That hurts me to think about. Was he like working light some of them or something? No, he was doing some pretty big matches. In fact, when we finally caught up with him, uh, he was working CZW and he was going from CZW to the airport to go home. Like, he wasn't even there for the rest of the weekend. That was on the Saturday. So he was doing shows from, when I think, Wednesday through Saturday. So yeah. he wasn't doing anything Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, and we, we were fortunate enough to actually uh, get a chance to talk to him for a few minutes. And I think, like, he was doing his match, Chris, right? And, and literally, like, grabbing his stuff. Yeah, because we, we were at the hotel across from, like, mm-hmm. the main indie venue. And he was staying in the hotel as well. And he's like, yeah, he's like, my match is on. He's like, I'm like two matches up. And then I'm grabbing my stuff, going over here and leaving. Wow. Yeah, I think he was like just going to grab a quick shower and like immediately heading to the airport. So he had a super busy like three days. He's a, It sounds like it. I, I really like Jeff Cobb. He's kind of like Michael Elgin if Michael Elgin had um, a personality. And um, I think... Uh, I could see him ending up in NXT once his ROH contract runs out. Yeah, I could easily see that. So, Chris, um, let's let's just say, like, let's say you're going to this show, and um, you know, not to be a pest or anything, but you know, they've got a free minute, and um, you know, you get a chance to approach them. Who do you think are like the cool wrestlers, like the the guys that are going to be cool to talk with, like the best? guys if you get a chance to approach and say hey like your work blah 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 can i get a picture well, of I, I would love to meet pillman's son just because pillman is my all-time favorite uh, i was very fortunate to have a chance to interview his son for another podcast i did so i have spoken to him at length for a while um not saying that he would remember me or anything i, I would hope that he would remember the interview but it would be really cool just you know because of my childhood and because of i mean Hell, my dog's name was Pillman. That's how big of a fan I was. So I just think it would be really cool to be able to touch base with him. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate where I've met a lot of the guys, uh, or have at least talked to them. Um, you know, Joey Janella, I've never met him up close, but I've talked to him a lot because I am producing his action figure. So it would be really cool to actually catch up with them, you know, in person, in real time, and, you know, shoot the breeze with him because he's always been really cool, uh, very easy to deal with, you know, just very cool to respond um you know a lot of the guys that i've had the pleasure of kind of talking to through email correspondence or on the phone uh it would be nice to catch up with them i'm not sure if 
Scott Norton's doing any signings or anything that weekend, but we had just recently announced that we're doing his figure, and he is like the nicest laid back guy. Like, yo, you would see Scott Norton on TV and think like, oh, like, holy crap. And seriously, like, the man could be Santa Claus. He's just very soft-spoken and polite. I would honestly love to meet Scott Norton at some point. That guy legitimately scared me watching him on TV. And then, you know, to hear that, it just just warms my cold black heart. (laughs) I've I've heard stories that he's... uh... He's kind of intense when he's walking around, but then he's like a really nice uh, person. Very nice. Very, very cool. Like, I actually have his phone number. Like, he's called and, and chatted with me personally and stuff like that. Just super, super nice. Like, you know, never once gave you the idea that he didn't want to be bothered. Chris, do you you talk about being on the phone and producing this stuff for some of these names. Have you ever had a moment where one of these guys call you up and you need to take a second and and not mark out uh not even so much as calling up but uh several years ago i signed shane douglas to a deal and shane douglas is another one of my all-time favorites um you know he's very high on the list and i had met him a couple of years prior at a convention that i was working at but it was a very quick you know in and out type of handshake take a quick picture type of thing um but when we were in Dallas for WrestleMania, uh, we were again in the WrestleCon hotel. And a good friend of mine who's involved in the industry happened to be there and was also staying in the hotel. And what was to be my friend and I going up to the Ring of Honor show led to my friend and I being joined by Kevin Sullivan because he knew my friend, which then led to a dinner of myself, my friend, Kevin Sullivan, Road Warrior Animal, Teddy Hart, and Shane Douglas. Oh, wow. So, not only did I get to meet one of my heroes after having just signed him to make his action figure, but was very fortunate to sit down and have a dinner conversation with him and several others. And it was just mind-blowing that that combination of talent was at the same table trading stories and opening up with me there. And, you know, here I am, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, just kind of taking it all in and you know I'm, I'm very fortunate that my job has taught me not to mark out and has taught me to kind of handle my business as a businessman but it was just you know the the 10 year old inside me was kind of like holy crap holy crap uh just a, a really cool experience one of the best experiences of the last couple of trips i've taken that's really cool i i told the story on here before but that's from doing indie stuff, that's my first night in the business. I developed my don't mark out policy. So I, and yet I'm I'm going to be meeting Sting this weekend, and I'm having a hard time hanging on to that don't mark out policy. So it just made me wonder, you know, is is that something you had a hard time with at some point? No, it's all it's all about taking that deep breath and carrying yourself well. But you have to remember, some of these guys are are marks too because they got in the business and i I don't mean marking it in a negative way but you know there are plenty of guys that will meet someone that they watched and they'll get a figure signed. you know kurt hawkins and zach Ryder will get figure signed by legendary guys that they like or you know people will be quick to you know engage you in conversation i i think it just depends on the person as a person versus you know being inside the business or near the cusp of the business as a whole I have a question. Have you ever have you ever met Scott Steiner? I have not met Scott Steiner. 
we saw him in our hotel last year, though. Yes, he was. Yep. Yeah, he. <laughs> yeah, our hotel was the. Yeah, uh, it was when we were coming off the elevator. He was with. Was it Scott Steiner and Teddy Hart were together? Uh, it might have been Teddy Hart. I don't know. I but think he was, Scott Steiner and Teddy I, Hart were, were standing. Up. Yeah, he was there. Like we could have like shook his hand, but we didn't. I, I have this really weird fascination with him because I had this idea of him that you know that people have talked about him, and then the last couple of years he's really kind of shown his true personality and. He comes across like this super self-aware guy of like what people think of him, and he really like plays into that. Like, I just think it'd be interesting to beat him because he seems to have like a real sense of humor, like about himself. Yep, I haven't had a chance to engage him in conversation yet. I remember that when I attempted to sign the Steiner brothers, uh, this is going back like three, four years ago. It was Rick who was handling the dealings. Never got a chance to talk to Scott. My my favorite Scott story though is a uh, PD Williams on Colt Cabana's podcast talking about them going to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I'm gonna go the wrong way up this one way street. Yeah, these these chicken figures are too small. Give me bigger ones. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that story. It's on YouTube. Oh man, it's um. So they were working TNA and like they were doing a signing and they went to Cracker Barrel and he had some like souped up sports car and he's driving through this town like a hundred miles an hour and pdy is just like please i just don't want to die do you know how long it's been since i've had an accident that's not what you want to hear you want to hear i've never had an accident yeah pdy williams is freaking and then and then he's like he's like they go to the cracker barrel and then he wants pd to take him to this gym he knows about and so they're driving he's like i'm gonna drive the wrong way yeah, like, I'm gonna drive the wrong way down this one-way street, like just shit like that. But um, yeah, it's it's worth looking up yeah. if you've never seen it because Petey does a really good job telling the story. Yeah, it's almost up there. If you ever heard the Cliff Compton Nigeria story, it's almost as good as that. Nice. So, do you do the Raw after Mania too? Yeah, my my usual plan of attack is get in on Thursday, enjoy some of the indie stuff, do the WWE over the weekend, do the Fallout Raw, but then I'm home to watch SmackDown on television. Okay, so are you pretty burned out on everything by the time you get back? Not really, because like I said, like I'll I'll watch SmackDown. Um, you know, when I get back, Zach's at the age where he'll want to watch it with me, so. You know, if he hasn't seen it, which obviously, you know, he's not staying up and watching a six hour WrestleMania, um, but he'll be like, you know, who fought? Like, did you see that match? And like, I'll watch the matches on the network with them or, you know, Raw will be on the DVR and I'll enjoy it with him. And then I'm just kind of in my endless cycle of, oh, hey, you know, Impact's on, oh, Ring of Honor's on, oh, NXT's on, oh, Raw's on, oh, you know, I my DVR and my network card are always getting punched. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to like, hardcores here so i think the answer is like it's it's not really like too much uh because my wife will ask me like you don't get tired of watching i'm like no i don't see my problem is like me personally it's i have a limit live like about three three and a half hours i start like it's 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 more the chair starts getting uncomfortable and um Ring of Honor's gotten better about that, but they used to be the worst because they'd have you there four and a half or five hours, and then 
by the last hour, I'm just like, oh my god, my back hurts so bad. Like, I just want this to end. Are you talking about live shows? Yeah, live shows. Well, yeah, I mean, there is a certain limit, I think, anybody. Like, I, that, I mean, I've complained before, but the WrestleMania shows, they really are like five, six hours long now. Um, and it's just, it, that's a little much. Like, I mean, you're not you're not forced to sit in your chair. You can get up and, you know, use the bathroom. You can go get uh, food or something. But that is kind of a, I get what you're saying there. Like, I love watching it live, but if you're if you're there for like four hours or more, that can get kind of like tiresome. Just because anything, like um, I mean, that's why back in the day they would have with movies, you'd have like intermissions. If you go to a Broadway play, it's like three hours long. They give you like a fifteen minute break in between. If I have to, if I have to plan like to eat there because the show is so long, it's too long. I, I I'm gonna disagree with that only because I like eating like stadium food it's all part of the experience to me it's like going to the movies getting popcorn that was it's like I, maybe maybe i'm gonna get some chicken tenders and uh get my <laughs> get my uh collector's cup for wrestlemania with uh, <laughs> fries and chicken tenders in the in a bucket that has uh batista's face on it you need the bigger chicken tenders though sorry <laughs> i just think um i just think for me like i think the best shows i've ever gone to are like the nxt and Chikara shows I've gone to where they're like two, two and a half hours. That's about the sweet spot for me. Does that include an intermission? Yeah. Okay. Because the shows that I worked, they they would go somewhere between two and three, just kind of depending on what was going on. But you had a pretty good uh, intermission in there as well. See, the problem Um, I have is like, so in Columbus, Ring of Honor will come in Sunday. They like to come in Sunday nights. And if they start a show at 7, you're lucky if you're out by 11.30. And sometimes you're not getting out till midnight. And that's that's tough when you work the next morning. Yeah. And I think I went to one like that started at like 5 and got out at like 10.30 or something. Like It's just, it's just absurd. Sure. Um, I was going to say to answer the earlier question, how can you watch so much of it? I, I'm, I come at it from a little... A little different perspective because I can watch and like I have an idea of how tough some of the stuff is to do and appreciate that. And, but I will get after a while, I will get tired empathizing with them. Uh, just looking at it going, oh, oh, God, no. Why would you know? Why would you do that? You know, that sort of stuff or just be like, oh, that was really that was really cool. That was really oh wow that was oh man how did he even do that you know that that sort of stuff um, plays through my head but I get kind of uh, I like to think a um, um, kindred spirit appreciation thing going on. Okay, sorry I killed the conversation. No, you're again. fine. I I was gonna say though I think I think this year is interesting because last year was kind of um. I think Joey Janela's spring break kind of got on the radar last year, and this year it's going to be interesting to see like how big it comes out of this year as. There's enough stuff on that card that has me intrigued. That I hope it I hope it takes off because it sounds like they're having he has a lot of fun with this. He did. Um, when did he do it? Chris, do you know when he did the L.A. Confidential? Um, that was over the 
over the summer. That was uh, based with uh, SummerSlam weekend, was it not? I think so. But that one, that was kind of like a similar vein, and he did um, he did some pretty interesting matches on that because I think he had he had like D'Lo Brown on there. Was LA Confidential when they did the whole Nick Gage David Arquette thing? Yes, I believe so. I was trying to look it up real quick, but you know, not going fast. Let's see. Looking it up, looking it up. Cause I know like uh the bar wrestling kinda does um that weird they've kind of embraced that weird style too. Okay. LA Confidential had DJ Z vs. Great Sasuke, Brody King vs. Hardcore Holly, D'Lo Brown vs. Ethan Page, David Arquette vs. Dick Gage. Yep, that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he's I think he's definitely got his voice down, which is just you know a weird slapdash approach to everything. Mm-hmm. Is um is he cleared to wrestle this year, or for this? He just released a video that he would be doing. I think he's doing it at the Spring Break 3. Okay. But uh, Matt pointed out, too, that he does, like, his promotional stuff is, like, really great. Like, that comic book cover he did. Mm Mm-hmm. His stuff is tremendous. uh, Yeah, he's got a great for the business. Chris, I don't know. You would know this better than and I do because you. I think you've actually interacted with him. Uh, is that stuff that he just comes up with, or is he just working with a, a, another person or group of people to come up with that kind of like marketing? Because it's it's extraordinarily clever because it plays both upon kind of like nostalgia and pop culture, but it's it's actually like perfect the way he's marketing. I don't shows. know the whole process. I. Mm-hmm. I am led to believe that a lot of things are mainly his idea, whether he needs someone to aid him in fleshing it out. I don't know, but I yeah. do believe that the majority of the ideas are his sole ideas. That's pretty amazing. Well, remember back in the day, Chikara did the, the comic book cover ripoffs for like a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I, I always thought that was like a clever, a clever idea, but I think I think you posted like a video he did or something. That was really good too. Yeah, he uh, he posted a video. I, I almost feel it was like a kind of like Escape from New York type of a callback. Yeah. Uh, last year for uh, Spring Break two, uh, I actually mentioned this on a, a much older uh, episode of the podcast, but he did. It was like uh, done kind of in the theme of video games, like like retro video games. It almost looked like a. Yeah, it was like Final Fight or Streets of Rage. Yeah. It was almost like a double dragon type of thing. Computer virus and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. It's so damn clever. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to have a spot on the booking committee for um, AEW. Uh, it would certainly do them a benefit, not any harm. Yeah. So looking at all this stuff, um, are the elite going to be kicking around at all this weekend? Or Nope. He said that they will not be anywhere in New York. Okay. Uh, I want I actually want Cody to be there or um, Kazarian because I want to buy some of their cigars. And uh, I don't know if they'll be sold there else otherwise. You'll have to let me know how those are. 
I just want if I can get uh, if I can get a hold of some. I just want Cody to randomly come out at MSG and beat the shit out of Flip, and then just disappear into the night. <laughs> just from the last time we talked about it, just imagining that just, he walks out and Flip turns around. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Okay, well, golly, I've got a, I've got a gift for killing the conversation. No, tonight. it's, it just got late really quick, and my brain's about fried. All right, it's, well, it is, it's really tough. Like, I know they're going and everything, but there's, there really is. Like, I have a page up for this, and it's just show after show. Because I bet there's like, I mean, easily five shows a day. Yeah. Yeah, it the 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 event roster just looks so stacked. And on one hand, I understand why everybody wants to be there, but on the other hand, it's kind of like just you know, where's the saturation point at? You know, if if everybody is trying to get their own, because um, it's it's a great time to be there because. It, the whole place, the whole city's going to be full of wrestling fans, right? But where's, you know, where where's the point when there's just too many people there, and you're not? It's it's it becomes, you know, too diluted in in the folks you have. I mean, you really just have to pace yourselves because I I think I, that's like Chris's strategy, and it's kind of mine too. Like you want to see stuff, and definitely like uh, we'll both picking and choosing some of the shows but you also want to meet people because there there are people there that we've met or interacted with uh at all each of the manias we've gone to like they're people who you know you've hung out with them before you're you're happy to see them it's kind of like a reunion so you want to have time to actually hang out with them you want to have time to maybe go to the conventions maybe talk to some of the wrestlers like it it really is kind of like an amazing weekend so it's it it sounds like a boat just to be able to go to WrestleCon by itself sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So what like what happens? Like what what's in WrestleCon? Like the, that actual part? Like what's in there? It's just your typical convention, and then you know depending on who the quote unquote VIPs are, like there might be separate areas, and you know just like any type of Comic Con or anything like that, you know they'll have. Oh, you know, get your picture with the four horsemen or, oh, we're doing for an hour, the, you know, a Goldberg and Hogan face off picture and you can hold the WCW belt in the middle of them. Like, you know, they'll do stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Do they have like, do they have like, um, do they have like a vendor room? Yeah, the, the, the vendors and the talent are pretty much all under one thing or all within one thing. Okay. That's usually pretty typical. the The local event here has has wrestlers row where, um, like Cornette's there every year and stuff like that. But then you know other folks are there. Collar and Elbow is there. Um, so they 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 kind of have in in their big vendor room because they have two. I think this year there's um they kind of have it set up in sections. So one section's where you have like your your comic vendors with their long boxes and one section's where you have like wrestlers row and then this wall is where all the the power rangers are and stuff like that um so it's like i said i'd be really intrigued to go and see that and then another part of me is is 
would be curious to see just how many unnecessary anime costumes show up there. But um, <laughs> that, that's another bad joke. But um, it, it's I would really like to go and see something like that. That sounds that sounds really that sounds like a lot of fun. So. All right, well, guys, um, do we have any other topics we're wanting to hit tonight? I think I'm good. Okay, well, listen, first of all, um, Chris, we want to say thank you for, for coming on and joining us tonight. Um, is there is there anything you'd like to plug here at the end of the program? I guess I should have given you an opportunity at the beginning, but anything you want to plug here at the end uh, before we close out? Yeah, sure. I'll do the spiel. So, uh, you know, we've talked about it in conversation. It's been mentioned before, but uh, I am the chief marketing officer for figurestoycompany.com. Not only do we make action figures for your favorite professional wrestling uh, superstars from the past and present, but we also are licensed by such companies as Warner Brothers, DC Comics. Uh, we are licensed by Kiss. We're licensed by the Monkees. We've made retro figures for Stanley. All the figures in the 8-inch retro style that was made famous by Amigo. Uh, we've got a whole assortment of DC characters based on comic book art, based on the Super Friends cartoon. You can find the wrestling figures. We've got the Ring of Honor license. We're doing all the hot independent talent, and we're doing stars from the past in the Legends line. They're all up at figurestoycompany.com. You can also check out wrestling merchandise that we've got at wrestlingsuperstore.com. You can follow us on all forms of social media. It's Figures Toy Company and Wrestling Superstore. Look up the company name on Instagram and Facebook to follow us on there. If you're on the Twitter machine, it's at Figures Toy Co. and at W-R-E-S underscore Superstore. And if I have entertained you this evening, then you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Malibu, Z-A-C-K-M-A-L-I-B-U. It's a shame I had to hang up the boots when I did. Otherwise, I would have made a bad attempt at getting a figure with you. But uh, <laughs> uh, right. let me let me add: uh, you can purchase all of the uh, the, the figures uh, at the links that Chris talked about. But uh, usually, it's been the case for the last few years now. Um, what some of these workers who have signed deals with Figures Toy Company do, they oftentimes uh, get. Uh, they're the figures of themselves or of other workers, and they'll sell them at the WrestleCon convention or at some of the shows. Like I've seen that. Um, so if anyone who's going to actually be there at WrestleMania weekend, um, good chance you'll be able to pick up some of those figures. Like that product will be there. And they're they're yep. good looking figures. The vendors will get. Them. <clears throat> I was gonna say they're good looking figures too. They're not like some of those crappy WWE ones. <laughs> where it might kind of sort of look like who it's supposed to look like except for the except for the Hasbro retro ones because those are awesome okay. yeah not to kind of, not to kind of do Chris's job for him and sell the figures sell the product but they do uh, sculpt the figures like there's a lot of um, careful work done into making sure that the figures actually look like the the wrestlers that they're based on like if you're going to get a Jeff Cobb figure it looks like Jeff Cobb it's uh, really high quality so yeah yeah, there's no scanning involved, and the talent has final say over every step of the way. So the sculpting, the outfit, the overall design, the talent is involved all along the way. It's not just a matter of getting their rights and you know going with whatever we decide. They are involved in the process. All right. So, uh, again, Chris, thank you for, for being willing to, willing to join us here tonight. Um, 
I'm sure at some point in the future we'll ask if you'd be willing to join us again. Absolutely. All right. Well, and uh, with all that being said, uh, thank you for joining us on the Four Corners podcast. As it turned out tonight, um, we were in all four corners, but if you want to tag in, please hit us up. Social media, uh, social media choice. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you're looking forward to on Mania Weekend. And um, this is Shad with Matt, Brad, and Chris tonight. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.